this is this is kind of a personal thing, but I, I think we're mostly family here. Uh, we've got a few visitors, and thank you, visitors, for being here. You get to step into a little family, a little family meeting. Um, you guys know we prayed for my friend last week. <clears throat> um, uh, is the he grew up in the children's home. He has a similar background that I do, and and growing up in pretty rough circumstances, lots of uh, abuse and drugs and alcohol, and so the interesting thing how. I have to tell you this story because this is a testimony of how good God is. And I think this could be more important than anything that I have to teach you. Um, and you, this is the stuff that is just life <laughs> that just happens. How many years, Tracy, do you remember how many years ago we started going to About before we had Trinity? Oh, wow. Really? So 16, 17 years ago? 18 years? I know we've been married 18 years. I know that. I was just joking to see if you knew. You passed. You passed the test. Good job. About 20 years. 20 years ago. You shut your mouth. All right. <laughs> you shut it good and tight, Doug. All right. Let's see. Let's focus. 20, at least 20 years ago. Let's just say 20 years ago. Um, oh, I'm wearing a suit. How weird is this? This is God playing more jokes on me. I wore suits all the time to church. I was a clean-cut individual. I thought that I would never be friends with because he looked different than I did, and he wore a suit. And at the time, I think I had, like, Backstreet Boy spiky hair with the blonde tips. It was ridiculous. And, uh, and, and a goatee. I had a goatee. I know I made a joke about that, and the Goatee Coalition came after me on Facebook. And I was like, I had no idea I knew that many pe- people with goatees. Anyway, so, uh, so, yeah, I'm just a little, you know, punk kid, just been saved. I think I know everything. And uh, we're going to church, and I'm in the foyer quoting Napoleon Dynamite, of all things. Was across the foyer. I mean, I'd seen him several times, but I mean, just shake hands, you know. And at the time, that was the kind of church it was—just real formal, shake hands. And and uh, you know, I'm in t-shirt and probably shorts or something. And uh, but makes it, hears me from across the hall quoting Napoleon Dynamite, makes a beeline towards me and starts talking to me. And I'm like, "Hey, who is this guy?" And he starts joking around about Napoleon Dynamite. And uh, so we joke around a little bit. And then uh, about a week later, we have this like ground clearing. We're supposed to be building this church that never got built, but. We start this ground clearing. <laughs> it was really silly that we were even out there. So we've got weed eaters and like <laughs> just hacksaws or something. And then about a quarter of the way through, he's wearing like normal people clothes, I guess, not like suits and stuff. And so we start joking around about stuff, and he's got a similar sense of humor. I'm kind of quirky if you hadn't met me, a little sarcastic, and we have a similar sense of humor. And so we start joking around, and, uh, and we get to know each other. We, we build a little bit of a relationship there. And about a quarter of the way through, our pastor at the time says, yeah, uh, this weekend we're you know we're bringing in bulldozers and stuff to clear all this land. And me and each other are like, what are we doing out here with weed eaters? We're like weed eating around these little shrubs that they're just going to demolish in a week. I don't know if he was trying to just encourage us, like oh, this is going to be great. We're like, this hot out here. What are we doing? Anyway, so me and Dad joked around about that, and and uh, and we got to know each other. Well, over the years, we we just became really good friends. And I would say is is one of my you know in my top probably top three kind of. Mark would call a, a 1 a.m. friend. If, if I ever need anything, I can call him. Same with me. Um, we're not as close as we used to be. We used to like get lunch a lot more and get together. But here recently, Tracy's gotten to know a little bit better through some, I mean, we've always been friends. It's his wife. And then through that, somehow this has all worked out. I've started to kind of talk to Dad more. Well, back up a little bit. I don't know if you guys remember when I was in Birmingham when I first started with the company that I'm with about three years ago, and I was having all these physical ailments. Do you all remember that? I thought I was dying. Part of my ailments were I had tingly hands, tingly feet, and my face was tingly. And I woke up in a hotel room. It was on Trinity's birthday. 
and I woke up in a hotel room in Birmingham because I had to have meetings up there for my new job, and I thought I was going to die on Trinity's birthday in a hotel. I mean, I was fully convinced I was dying. I Googled my symptoms, and of course, I'm dying. <laughs> it's funny now, but I'm telling you, listen, I've had kidney stones before, and my kidneys were, I thought my kidneys were hurting. I'd just driven like to Atlanta and then back to Birmingham, and I was having some other issues, and it was probably just lower back pain at this point. I didn't know, but to me, the lower back pain feels kind of like where your kidneys are. Um, <clears throat> and so I Googled, and I was just exhausted. I'd been driving a long time. I was tired. I, had, I wasn't eating well, and I just crashed in the hotel, and I remember waking up in a panic, and I was shaking, and I had tingling on my hands and my feet and my face like it was numb. And you start Googling symptoms. Obviously, you're dying. And I, I mean, I went, and I'm, I'm letting y'all in to my crazy brain a little bit. I, I figured out it was kidneys, and I looked at the, the success rate of kidney transplants. The, I'm serious. The how long people live with kidney cancer. I'm serious. Like, I'm doing all this stuff. How long the wait is for a transplant. Like, I'm Googling all this stuff. What are my odds? And this is embarrassing kind of saying, but this is legitimately what I was doing. And, I mean, I'm shaking. I'm dying. I feel like I'm dying. Fully convinced. I had to call my boss at the time. It was late at night, and he came and got me and brought me to the ER. Um, and even on the way back, uh, I was had some issues, ended up at the ER back in Mobile, same thing. And the nurses, I was really rude, Tracy remembers, and the nurses were basically telling me it was all in my head, and that made me very angry. And I was like, no, I'm dying, and you need to fix me. <laughs> this is not in my head. I don't want to feel like this, right? I, I, don't, I don't want this to happen. This is not me. I don't create tingling in my hands and my kidneys hurting. And uh, so they ran all their tests and said, you're perfectly healthy. You're fine. And, you know, are you depressed? Are you sad? No. <laughs> I'm not, and I was really angry. I was like, no, I don't want any drugs. I want you to fix the problem. And uh, anyway, this happened another time. I was in a hotel out of town, and I think there's some of it is separation from the family, which strike that anxiety in me. I didn't recognize it, but I think that's what it is now. And I woke up in a panic again early in the morning, and uh, I called Mark. I said, pray for me, please. I, I'm getting this tingling. And at that time, this sounds so silly talking about now, but at that time I was having a heart attack. I think I took an aspirin or something in a panic like to thin my blood because I wasn't getting blood because of all the tingling. Good move. Take an aspirin just in case. And then I started walking apart the, the hotel parking lot as fast as I could to try to get the blood moving. I'm trying to heal myself. So I called Mark. He prayed for me. I calmed down. Everything was okay. Fast forward to <clears throat> last week or week before last, which were Tracy's birthday. We had Tracy's birthday celebration. Had a few people get together. Came. Is the life of the party. It's hilarious. Is sometimes funnier than me. Not all the time. But Dan has the ability to keep a straight face when he jokes around, and I don't, I'm not real good at that. He keep a straight face and mess with people really, really good. Um, so we all got together, and I wasn't Tracy even knows. She was like, what is wrong with him? Something's wrong with him. I was like, I have no idea, but this is not This is not the guy that I know. So I text the next day. I was like, hey, man, what's up? Something going on? Something seems wrong. He said, yeah, man, I'm dealing with this tingling in my hands and my feet and my face. <laughs> And I was like, are you kidding me? And he was like, yeah. He's like, a, he <laughs> and is a, even worse than me with analyzing this stuff. He has been to the doctor way more times than me. He's had scans and poked and prodded and done all these things to try to figure it out. He keeps a blood pressure thing with him and checks his blood pressure periodically to see where he is if it's too high. Like, he really is stressing out about this. He's also at, on the very last uh, end of getting his PhD, and so he's dealing with all that stress as well. So what, what he did was... Uh, he, he, he called me and he said, yeah, he said, I'm dealing with these things. And that's when we, we prayed for him last week, remember? And I said, I'm not going to let this go. So I texted him throughout the week. I texted him 
Uh, this was Sunday. I texted him Sunday afternoon. I said, how you feeling? He said, a little bit better. I texted him Monday. I said, how you feeling? He said, even a little bit better. Uh, Tuesday, better. Wednesday, I forgot to text him. Thursday, I uh, said something. He said, well, it kind of spiked back up a little bit, but it's not too bad. It's like, all right, I'm going to keep texting you. Yeah, wait, it's all my fault, huh? But, but then his wife just went on her birthday celebration with some girlfriends of hers to uh, Las Vegas. And so there's that distance again. Fast forward to yesterday, uh, literally like 20 minutes before the ceremony. We're down at the pond. You know, Megan and Patrick are about to get married. Everything's going on. I'm trying to remember all the stuff I'm going to talk about. Calls me. Decline. About to get married. I'm not about to get married. They're about to get married. <clears throat> then he calls me right back. and never does that. And so I said, i got to answer this. So I had to step away <laughs> for a moment. I hadn't started yet, and I answered. And you could hear the panic in his voice. <clears throat> and he said, I don't know what to do, man. He said, it's, it's, it's worse than ever. It's tingling in my face, tingling in my hands, tingling in my feet. Uh, I feel like it's bad. Something's about, you know, something's going on. I don't know what it is. And, you know, I said, don't Google. He said, I already did. I was like, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And I said, uh, I said, all right. And, man, I got angry because <laughs> it's my friend. And I know the feeling. I mean, I know the feeling. And there's something about knowing and, and being able to relate that to somebody. You tell me the odds of all this. You quantify that. I don't have the time for us to meet 20 years earlier and go through all this and build this relationship for him to have to, And he had no idea of all my stuff. He didn't know anything about it. So I told him about everything that happened to me. And then I just, I began to, I began to pray real aggressively. I said, man, I'm praying for you right now. Are you ready? <laughs> he said, yeah. And I said, look, Started with the Lord doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but a love, peace, and a sound mind. And I just began to declare God's peace over him. And, I mean, it was just really powerful. It wasn't that I was some great, you know, pastor that's praying for somebody, but it, you could just feel the Holy Spirit being moved in him. I got off the phone with him. We had the ceremony. <clears throat> Went back and I texted him. No, I called him. Uh, no, I texted him first. That's how you feeling? He said, a little bit better. And I was like, okay, I, I got to call him. So I called him and said, hey. How you doing? He said, well, a lot better. I said, that's good. He said, I still feel a little bit, but it's not, not nearly as bad as it was. And he said, I didn't realize until you said something about it that I've been thinking about. I told Part of what I told him, I said, get your mind off of it. I said, you, I said, you get your face in prayer and you pray right now. And you focus on the Lord. I said, when you're done with that, go watch some funny videos or something. <laughs> but focus on something else. And he called me back and he said, I didn't even realize I've been thinking about this since this morning. All day he was thinking about it. There is something very powerful about our mind. <laughs> there is something very interesting about the new creation that's in our heart that changes the way our mind works. There is something even more incredible <clears throat> that God uses us to minister to one another. Listen, we talked a little bit last week about how love is a, a choice, it's free will. Love doesn't exist without free will. If you were commanded to love and you had no choice, that would not be love. That, that, that question doesn't exist, it's self-refuting. If, if there is going to be a love that exists, it has to be a choice. Now, I'm not going to go into details about all the different loves because I just studied this for the wedding thing, but you know there's agape and, and uh, phileo and all these different ones. 
Um, there's, there's a brotherly love, there's a, a more sensual love, and there's all these different kinds of friendships and these different things. But there's just something about agape. <laughs> there's just something about a love that says, I don't have to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. I will, will it's not that I'm doing this for my gain, but I'm doing it for someone else. The interesting thing is that Jesus demonstrated this to us. And he was the prototype, right? So he demonstrated this to us because that's how we're supposed to be. He didn't do it just for fun. I mean, I'm sure he had fun doing it. But he knew that we needed to be able to see that so that we could operate in the same place that he operates. It just amazes me to know in to see how detailed God is in our relationships. There are people in our lives now that I would have never guessed would have ever come in contact with us 10 years ago that we are in close relationship with now. There are people <laughs> there are people that we were going to leave our kids to that we don't even speak to anymore. Who would have guessed any of this? Who would have guessed any of this? God is so good and so patient <laughs> that he can look at us <clears throat> And meet us right where we are. That just blows my mind. All right. Maybe I'll get to the message. Yeah, you still got a little time. I just wanted to give you all that testimony. So far, uh, I think I texted, let me see, I think I texted him this morning. I'll give you one more update. Yesterday at 542, how about now? <laughs> he said, still there, but it's better. Today at 949. Today, it's almost completely gone. We talked last week about an ever-increasing kingdom. Y'all remember that? Listen, if you're, if you're struggling with your communication with God or your prayer life, it's not on His end. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Maybe we need to adjust a little bit. I think the fear of most people is, oh, God's going to require me to do something really crazy, and it's, it's really going to be scary, and he may. I'm not saying he's not. But I think for the most part in my experience in, in Christian life and dealing with other people and counseling and different things, it hasn't been a 180-degree turn as much as, especially with, amongst Christians, it's been about a, a two- or three-degree turn, about a five-degree turn. What I've seen is... <clears throat> people that are ready to give up on life because they just need to make a slight adjustment or people that are ready to call it quits because they just need to make a slight adjustment. This is, what I, this is why I think it's so important that we hear from the Holy Spirit continually. When the Bible talks about praying without ceasing, it's not talking about staying in your prayer closet until you die. That's not what he's talking about. It's a constant communication between you and God, and the only way that's possible is through the Holy Spirit because he's the actual one making petition for us. He's the one that is making intercession for us. If we don't recognize that he's there all the time, then we're just looking at a, a distant God or a God that, that cares but isn't here. Right? That's, that's what I struggled with when I went to a lot of other churches before we came here, was I want so badly this thing that I feel like I'm so close to. The whole time it was there. But most of church was trying to get me to bridge that gap that had already been bridged. <laughs> What a, what a frustrating position to be in. And I was there for a long time. Like, okay, well, what can I do to be more? What can I do to get more? How can I get closer? How can I do all these things? 
Unfortunately, what happens on the other side when we begin to understand grace and the finished work of Jesus is sometimes we, we begin to think, well, we don't need to do anything at all. I'm not saying we all think that way, but there are times when we go, okay, well, it's already done. What, what could we do to, to contribute to this? But I want to tell you, a lot. You can do a lot. You can, you can do so much. The good thing is now you're not limited by your own you're not limited by your own knowledge and resources. You actually have supernatural <laughs> resources with you. So the ones, the ones that carry, uh, uh, and I don't want to get into details because this isn't the direction I wanted to go. Let, let me move on. I don't want to. I'll chase that rabbit later. Um, the Holy Spirit is God on Earth right now. The Christian life is a relationship, a relational journey with and from the Holy Spirit. Everything that you do on Earth that matters will be an extension of this relationship. We have to know that there's a Holy Spirit with us all the time. He's not checking in, checking out. We're not entering and exiting His presence. His presence is with us. If you've been born again, you were born. The same way Nick didn't understand. Sometimes we get confused. You can't go back. Once you're born, you're born. If you're born again, you're born again in the Spirit, and it's a done deal. So when you're born, you get this new Spirit. And this Holy Spirit begins to make intercession for you. We're going to get on in a little bit, and I'll skip ahead. It even says that when we don't even know what to say, the Holy Spirit will, will utter groans that we don't even understand to the Lord. Listen, if you have fear in making mistakes, let that be, <laughs> let that be your comforter. Because that's what the Holy Spirit is, by the way. It's your comforter. Let that be your comforter. That if you go, Lord, I just, I just want a million dollars, and the Holy Spirit goes, he doesn't need a million dollars. <laughs> he would totally blow that. He's, that's not what he needs. Even when you mess up, Lord, I, you know, even when you mess up, he wants you to communicate with him. He wants you to talk to him. He wants you to listen. Any good father would want that. Listen, there are times when there are specific instances when I need to talk to my kids about certain things. But there are times when I just enjoy being in their presence and just talking to them, just hanging out with them. Our God's the same way. He wants you to know, he wants you to know about him, but he also wants you to know him intimately. Now, there's, there's, those things are both very important. I'm not trying to wash one with the other, or they're not mutually exclusive by any means. We need to know more about him. That's why the Bible teaches us and tells us, and all these scriptures will point us to him. That's why it says, you search the scriptures looking for this Christ, and the book is about me. (laughs) It's like, look, this is me. This is very important because it's about me, because it's about the life that I bring. And so we begin to walk and see this life. We begin to see Jesus in everything. We begin to see God's hand in everything. And this keeps nagging me, and I keep trying to shake it, but it won't shake it, how God's hand is in all these little details. And this this whole story with Dana, I mean, this happened yesterday. (laughs) You know, this is what was on my heart to talk about today, and this happened yesterday, and it it all clicked with me this morning. Oh, my gosh. Think about this. And we say, well, what moves God's heart? You know, when when we pray, is he listening? What do you think? (laughs) How important is Dana? He is, he's right now, he is the, the head. He's, his, <clears throat> his name on my phone is Dr. Dana Watson, Master of the Divine. Because <clears throat> he got his Master's in Divinity. And when he told me that after he got it, and I said, well, you're done. You might as well die. You've mastered the Divine. What else is there? What do you need, to, what do you need a doctorate for? You've mastered the Divine. So anyway, but he, uh, he, has, he has stood up and fought for children that have been abused. And he's done this for years. He even worked, he worked for DHR for a while, and that was pretty heavy. If you can imagine the stories he saw, he's told them. He's told us a few, and then I told him, never tell me anymore. 
They're brutal. And he, <clears throat> he has taken part in saving a lot of kids and getting them help they need and support they need and consistency they, that they need and help that they need and introduce them into the Lord. I mean, how awesome is that? I haven't done any of those things, but I get to play a small part in encouraging him and helping him work through whatever issues he's dealing with. How awesome is that? We get to be a part of it. Brian and I were talking about it this morning. It's not, it's like an elevator. God's constantly moving. He's not changing, but he's constantly moving. And there's not, we, we talk about these movements of God. Well, God's always moving. It's just if we want to get on the elevator or not, right? God's constantly doing things. Do we want to see it? Do we want to hear it? And do we want to be a part of it? It's an awareness. It's a heightened awareness of what's happening in the spirit. That's all it is. And it, and it is life. It's not boring. I promise you. It is an adventurous life with Christ. And he is so patient and so kind that you don't, you don't have to move to a third world country tomorrow to experience it. You can go next door and borrow a cup of sugar and have a conversation with your neighbor. You can come to a, a, one of the outreaches that we do at the children's home and get to know some of the kids. And Paula plays dominoes with them sometimes and they learn how to play dominoes. And they get a little bit of consistency and they get a little bit of, of care. Especially, it, it's important just like uh, Andrew was talking about in Honduras, for men to go and to talk to some of these little, little boys and little girls and give them a good positive father, father figure because the majority have been taken out from, the majority of them have been taken out of very dangerous situations which means sexual abuse or violence these are children my heart breaks for that because I witnessed it and experienced it in Dana's as well what a perfect position, position for him to be in so I want to encourage you that it's not <clears throat> don't be intimidated by some of the terminology and I know Buddy's going to help with some of this on Wednesday nights too of breaking some of those down we get intimidated by words like anointing and, and, uh, and demonic and different things like that and I want to tell you listen I want to take all the scary stuff away uh, prophetic is another one people are like oh prophetic you're going to tell me everything there is to know I want to tell you another story <laughs> today's story time because I'm wearing a suit <laughs> tell you another story um, and this is, are y'all okay? This is testimony. This is not just stories. <laughs> it's not, and this isn't all about me, but this is things that I've experienced. We had, do y'all remember Robert Holmes when he came? Some of y'all that were here. He was a prophet from like Australia or something. He had a cool accent. Um, and he had an apprentice. It's a funny story about his apprentice. It was a little Asian dude. Do y'all remember that guy? Anyway, he, he came with him too. <laughs> it's a funny story about that. So we went up to the youth room and he prophesied over me. And I was like, this is weird. I've never had this, but whatever. So he prophesied over me and he waited for a while and he heard from the Lord and he started telling me and it was dead on. Basically said, you've got to, you know, some people have more of the right side of the brain, left side of the brain. One's more analytical, one's more creative. He said, you've kind of got both. And I was like, well, yeah, I like to, I'm creative, but also a little analytical. So I, I'll, okay, you check, you got that. And uh, so he started talking. He said, what I see you, he said, I see you taking what you've learned um, in the church and with youth. And I was, I was youth pastor. And he said, I, t- I see you taking that and, and applying it to your job. He said, just like he gave a demonstration of somebody else that took this idea and moved it over here, and they were very successful in their business. And he said, I see you not doing it from the business to the church, but from the church to the business. I said, that's interesting. I'd already kind of started doing that, basically doing things unto the Lord. I don't just work for this person or this corporation. I'm going to do the best that I can unto the Lord. Not real legalistic, just in my own heart, not saying anything to anybody. I just began to try to do a better job and care about what I did. Like uh, before, I'd just do enough to not get fired, basically, you know, and just work in a warehouse job. I didn't really care. 
Well, sure enough, as I began to just apply myself and care about what I did, I began to move up in the company. It was, it was a very natural progression for me, and I started moving up in the company, and then I went into, I went into management and then outside sales, and in that, in that area in my life, in the secular area, in the workplace, I began to be a little more successful. I didn't even see it as it was happening until later. I was like, oh, that's what he was talking about, right? But here's the thing. That reality was already there, right? Nothing, nothing necessarily changed. I just was more aware of it. He just helped me understand what was already in my heart. That was what God created me to do. He created me to care about what I do, everything. And so he just, he just kind of opened my eyes to something that was already going on in the spirit. That was it. It wasn't, it wasn't spooky. He didn't just tell me you're going you know, to have a black and white dog when you're 39 and you're going to have, you know what I mean? He didn't, it wasn't like a fortune teller thing. He, just, he, he gave me kind of more general things and they were all very accurate. And that was really cool. And here's the thing. We get intimidated when we hear things about that. The same thing about demonic demonic things, man, demonic things are just, sometimes it could just be a thought in our minds that are just fearful, and that's demonic because it's just trying to get you away from what God has for you. It's just a distraction. We, we talked about when we were praying over, uh, or I did when we were praying over Dana, that Satan is not the opposite of God. He's a created being. He's the opposite of Michael. He, doesn't, he has authority. He doesn't have authority. He has power, but he doesn't have authority. So you carrying the Holy Spirit, you don't have to be intimidated by it. Another story. Man, I'm full of stories today. I've told this one before, but this is a good one. Um, hopefully help somebody with fear. There was a, a uh, you had heard it, you said Jerry Clower or somebody said it, an old comedian or somebody said it a long time ago. And I'll butcher it, so if you've heard it, you, you know what I'm talking about. It was this band was going into a, a gig or whatever, and there was a guy in the front, he was like six foot eight, about 300 pounds, and as they would come in, he had a list, and the you know, lead singer came up and he said, hey, stop right here. He said, uh, I think I could whoop you. I can beat you up. I think I could whoop you. I was like, okay, I'm just here to play. And he said, uh, he said, I'm making a list of people like, whoop, what's your name? I'm going to put you on my list. And uh, the guy told him his name, and he wrote it down. And it, it went on. The next guy, you know, the lead guitarist came up, and he said, I think I can whoop you. I need to get your name. He gave him his name. All the way to the drummer, and they said the drummer was a little spunky. And uh, the drummer came up, <clears throat> and he said, uh, he said, I think I can whoop you. And the guy said, all right. He said, what's your name? I'll put your name on my list of people I can whoop. And uh, he gave him his name, and he wrote it down. The guy, and the drummer walked past me, stopped, he's like, I don't like my name being on that list. So he went back and he's like, you know what? I don't think you could whoop me. And the guy said, okay, well, I'll take your name off the list. And he just scratched it out. <laughs> and so he used that as an example. And I've used it as an example as a fear thing. It's an intimidation thing. Listen, the, the, the devil will constantly try to make you feel like he can do something to you and he, he, he can't. Amen. He's not gonna, it's a distraction from what God has for you and your purpose in life. And to, to ease that whole purpose thing, we all have the same purpose. It may look a little different, but we all have the same purpose. Do you all know that? We're all here to spread the kingdom. We're all here to spread the good news. We all, have the same, we all have the same purpose. Now, how we do it, we're all gifted in different areas to do that. That's okay. We want to encourage gifts, but they're all for one thing, and that's the central message that we have here, which is the gospel is the good news of Jesus. So as, <clears throat> as we go out and you recognize these things on a, on a more detailed scale individually, and you recognize that we are part of an ever-increasing kingdom, Look for it. Like, open your eyes and ears for it. Look for it. Um, there, is, there, there are choices that we make each day that we can be involved in these things or we cannot. And I don't think God's angry if, if we're not, but I think he's super happy if we are. It's the same thing when I see my kids. I like riding jet skis and dirt, anything with a motor. When I see my kids riding dirt bikes or jet skis, it makes my heart happy. It's like, oh, that's so neat. There's tiny people like me doing things that I like to do. 
And I imagine that's how God is. Look, it's cute little tiny people like me that doing what I've created them to do, right? I mean, how, how, when, when, we, when we praise and when we worship and when we, when we live our lives unto the Lord like that every day, never stopping, it's, it really is a joy. Even when bad things happen and circumstances change, listen, he is making intercession for us. And he's done that for a reason, that, that we make intercession for other people. So when you pray for somebody, you're not praying at something. Listen, mm, <laughs> when, when I prayed for Dana, I was, I was putting myself in his position. It was easy for me because I had been there. But there are times when I pray for other people that I haven't been in their position, but I try to put myself in their position because I want, I want to understand what they're dealing with and I, I'm, I'm against whatever is against them, right? So when you, the same way Jesus did, he came down and got in our mess got right in the middle of our mess as one of us and makes intercession for us, we are to make intercession for other people. We are to put ourselves in their position and we're to, we're to love lavishly outside of our own means. Completely outside of our own means. Thank you, I'm burning up in this suit. Andrew, just turn the air on. Did you turn the air on? Thank you. Woo! Getting hot. I need, I need an organ player. Ha! I'm going to go huddle under it, fetal position. All right. Um, <clears throat> Romans 8.1. <clears throat> Man, I haven't even got to my first scripture yet. Sorry, not sorry. Romans 8.1. There is therefore now no condemnation of those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Listen, there is now no condemnation of those who are in Christ Jesus, there's something that happens, uh, I think it's called, is it called Stockholm Syndrome, when there's like prisoners that have been in prison for a long time, and they leave and they don't, know how to, they don't know how to assimilate, they don't know how to function in society. This happened also when uh, the slaves were, were set free. They didn't know how to operate. A lot of them went back and worked for, this, for the uh, slave owners, and they got paid, but they just did the same things because they didn't know how else to live. This happens to a lot of people that have been in sin for a long time as well, or people that have been in religion for too long sometimes, and they, they keep taking that same path. Um, we get in this routine of doing things a certain way, and it takes a little while. It takes a few of those little shifts to get us to operate from the Lord and not from our own understanding of what that is necessarily. And so what, what happens is uh, you're free, but you, your mind isn't quite caught up to that freedom yet, right? So when the Lord says, okay, you're free, you go, whoa, I need somebody to draw these lines for me because I might mess up, right? There's a, there's a, a fear in freedom if if you, if you haven't truly experienced liberation and that you can do whatever you want you, and you haven't discovered what you really want to do yet, there's a fear because you go, well, I don't know what to do. You, you either don't do anything or you're afraid or you go back to a system that draws the lines for you. <clears throat> but I think he's pretty clear here. Verse 2, it says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, he condemns sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. Where? It's fulfilled in us. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Let's stop there. Set our minds. Listen, positionally you haven't changed. A Christian can have their minds set on different things. Can we agree on that? Your minds can be shifted in different areas. Positionally, you don't change. You, your sin is dead. 
and you are as free as you'll ever be in Christ the moment you, you are born again. That's it. That's a done deal. Now, when we talk about forgiveness and sanctification and all these other things, those are all done. But, there's a but, our minds have to catch up. And this is where we go, this is where the questions come, well, if all this is done, then why do I feel this way? Or why do? Why am I still tempted? Or why are these? Those, those are all good questions, good, honest questions. And we should ask ourselves those questions. Well, why? Why is this happening? Why is that happening? Well, those are good questions. That's because this, we're not quite fully there yet. And we were born into a sin nature, and it takes a while to, to, to not think that we're still there again. Um, an, another thing, Brian, and I talked about this morning is if you walk the same path in a yard over and over again for years, you without even thinking about it, you'll go back there. Some, another way is I took Trinity to school the other morning. I never take Trinity to school. And I normally take the little girls to school. And every turn, Trinity's like, where are you going? I was like, I'm taking the little girls to school. That's, I turn right here. She's like, no, you turn left here. You get, in, you get in these patterns of your mind that you almost subconsciously just do a certain way. Living from the Holy Spirit, you begin to shift back to, well, what does God want me to do in this situation? It may not be the way that I've always done it. And it doesn't have to be scary. Like I said, it doesn't mean you're moving to another country right away. It doesn't have to be scary. It just says, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And the Holy Spirit says, boop. <laughs> you go, wait a minute, that, that was weird. You know, is this you or is this me? You know, these are questions we have. Is this just my conscience? Is this me just thinking? And, it, and then that's when you go to pray and you go, okay, the more we begin to communicate with the Holy Spirit, the more you recognize His voice. And as in any relationship, Tracy can look at me and I know what she's thinking, Right? We, we know each other better than we know anybody else at this point in our 18-year in our marriage because I remember that. 18, right? Okay. We know each other better than anybody else, so there, there's communication that we have that, that we don't have with anybody else. It's the same way with the Lord. The more we begin to communicate with the Lord in a, in a life setting and everything that we do, we recognize His voice and we act on it, right? We don't question it every time. Listen, early on when the Lord would speak to me, I would go, nah, that's not you. That's, that's me. Or I'm not doing that. That's different than what I'm used to. But the more I began to hear from the Lord, I would begin to go, okay, I'm recognizing this is you, and this is something that you need to say, and this is something that you need to do here. And it's very freeing. It's very fun. Um, it can be scary at times, but it's not after you do it for a few times. But he's saying, look, those that live according to the flesh uh, set their minds on the flesh. So our minds don't need to be set on the flesh anymore. We live according to the Spirit. Listen, you're not, this is a, an old thing like you would, like one day you could live in the flesh and oh, I'm gonna, I was in the flesh when I did this in traffic one day. No, you're in the spirit. If you're in the spirit, you're in the spirit. If you're in the flesh, you're in the flesh. But the mind is different. The mindset thing is what he's talking about here. There's a mindset change. And we have to keep, let our minds catch up to what our hearts have already gotten. We're going to skip down and I'm going to try to wrap up here. We're almost done. Skip down to Romans eight twenty six. This is what I was talking about earlier. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. I'll stop there. I want to recognize that this is a weakness. I don't think that God is saying you need to not, not understand and not have knowledge of who I am and how to pray, right? I don't, think he's, I don't think he's encouraging you to have weakness. He's just saying that it's okay when you do. So he's recognizes this weakness. For we, do, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he... Who searches the hearts knows the mind of the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So what's happening here? What's happening here is there are places where we're weak, and he's not saying he's not saying that that 
you need to be weak so that this can happen. He's saying that there are going to be instances when you are weak and it's okay and you mess up. So it's not saying just don't worry about it, just be all willy-nilly about it. He's saying, no, we need to understand and we need to know and we need to know how to pray and what to pray. But the times when we don't, the Holy Spirit searches our hearts and then prays and makes intercession for us. And not only does it make intercession for us, but he does it according to the will of God, not according to our misguided will. All right. Um, <clears throat> we'll wrap up with that. You guys stand up with me. I'll pray for y'all. Um, Father, I thank you that um, you give us strength and you give us knowledge in how to pray. But I also thank you that even in our weakness, you pray for us. Father, I thank you that your Holy Spirit um, leads us and guides us in, in your knowledge and truth. Um, Lord, <clears throat> but you also just wrap your arms around us when we, when we, just, need, uh, we just need a hug. We just need a father um, so that we can just crawl up in your lap sometimes and, and just experience your presence and just have a heightened awareness of, of who you are in our lives right now. Father, we thank you that we don't have to wait until we get to heaven to experience your love, but you have demonstrated it on the cross for us. And Lord, you have sent your Holy Spirit to be with us and um, to move in and through us to the people that are around us. Father, it's Sometimes it's the most simple and practical things that you can show us how good you are and show your glory and your power um, in those things that we think might be very simple. And so, Father, help us to open our eyes and open our ears to your kingdom and, and the things that are happening in the Spirit in those around us. And, Lord, just help us to have a heightened awareness of you and who you are in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.